0: and grab a seat. Um, my name is Ricky. i one of the pastors here. Um, how many of you guys, Oops. how many of you guys love vacation? Right? I don't know what the rest of you are, but you're probably not, not very fun people. Right? We all love, we all love vacation. Um, and uh, we, we all love that time. And, uh, you know, for me, I, uh, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And so like, I want to maximize the trip vacation, wherever I go, and uh, one of the best places for me to go and relax, I don't, it's not like I've done it a ton, but only a few times, but man, I love those all-inclusive places, like down in the Caribbean, I've been to, been to a couple of them in, the, in Mexico, and they're awesome, because it's like, oh yeah, hey, I mean, like here, it might be like, ooh, Ah, uh, should I get the steak? I don't know. that's kind of that's kind of a little pricey, but wait a minute, I've already paid for it down there. Yes, I will take it. Chip squawk, shrimp. Yeah, you want that? I don't even know what that is. You bet. <laughs> um, and so whenever I like have have tried to figure out where am I going to go to one of the, all of these inclusives, man, I get into researcher mode. I'm trying to find out, hey, what is the absolute best spot? I really use a lot of discernment. okay, hey. If, if we're paying for the all-inclusive, we need to make sure, hey, does this place have legit food, or is it kind of crummy food? Hey, can I eat at that restaurant just one time while I'm there, or can I eat it at lunch? Can I, is there, are these credit things, all of this? Hey, what, what do they got here? Wait, wait a minute. How's the beach? Is it a lot of seaweed? Is it not? The, pool, the pool's got to be legit. I know you're like, man, you put a lot of thought to, into this. Yes, hours, like literally hours, <laughs> because it's like, okay, hey, I'm going to shell out some money. And I'm gonna spend, be down there several days. And so I wanna be like, man, I wanna make sure I get like the best deal, go to the best place. What do everybody else say about it? What do the reviews say about this? And, and maybe, maybe for you, it's not vacation, but maybe you do that when you go to make a big purchase. Maybe it's on a car, right? You're, you're like, all right, hey, what are the really the reviews saying? I wanna make sure I get a really reliable car. Maybe for some of you, hey, Black Friday, Christmas is coming up and you're scouring the ads. Hey, we want to make sure what place really has the best deal. Oh, gosh, I better be there at whatever, Friday at 6 a.m. Or now, now it's like, actually, now it's Thursday. So Thursday at 6 p.m. or I don't know. You know. And, and, and so we, we put all of these this time, effort, discernment into making the best decisions possible whether it's for a car that'll last us several years or maybe it's just a vacation that'll last us several days what about when it comes to your eternity like have you have you really put that much examination into eternity have you put that much that's that much discernment into what your identity what your foundation of your life, your actual life, heart, soul, is actually based on. Do you really reflect that much about the choices that you make there as the choices that you make for a car, for a vacation? And Jesus, he gets to the end of the most famous sermon of all time, the Sermon on the Mount that we've been reading through here in Matthew and he's starting to come to the, con- the conclusion of it, to the close of it, and this is what he's doing. He's moving you to say, hey, I really want you to think about what it is your life is all about. I really want you to use a lot of discernment in what you're going to decide and choose for your life, for your identity, for your eternity. And so if you got a Bible, open up to Matthew 7. It's the first book of the New Testament, Matthew 7. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And uh, he, Jesus gets to the, to the end, uh, or he's been teaching in this sermon about the kingdom of God. He started off with the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. Hey, the, and he, then he continues on. Hey, you guys have said, hey, don't commit adultery. Uh, don't Don't murder. But Jesus is saying, hey, but it's actually deeper than that. I'm not here to come to tell you to to try to get this external change, these moral behaviors in order and make sure you do a good job. No, no, I'm actually talking to you about something far deeper than that. A different kind of righteousness that is just better than looking good on the outside. Actually, I want something more for you. And that's a a righteousness that I give you that comes from the inside out. Actually, that you're a changed person new person, not because you tried hard, but because of me. And, um, you know, he, he's teaching all about the kingdom of God, about, about what he's come to, to bring. And then in chapter 7, verse 7, he says, hey, if you really want this kingdom, if you really want this new life in me, ask, ask, right? I mean, if you think of all the other world religions, right, it, it's like, hey, here's, here's the teaching." Here's what you need to do, and then what's the encouragement to you? Now go try hard and do it, right? But Jesus says, hey, here's what I'm encouraging you to do this, with the kingdom of God. Now come to me and ask. Seek, knock, I'm a good father that gives good gifts to those who ask. And then he comes to this conclusion here, and then he, he has these, we, we just read it. And these are some pretty heavy sayings, Right, let's admit, this, this kind of, when you read this, it kind of might be like, hmm, that feels, that feels pretty legit. That feels pretty heavy. And he talks about these two paths, these two roads, two trees, two foundations and builders. And he's, he's drawing you and I somewhere. And he's saying, hey, I've, I want you to discern. I want you to examine yourself, really think about it. I want you to discern, and then I want you to decide. You need to choose. And so the first thing that we're looking at here is to discern. Hey, do you, um, do you really know what you're doing? Do you really know where, where your life is heading? Any, 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 because here's the thing that he kind of lays out here is that because you, you you might think that you know. You might think like, oh, yeah, I'm very clear of what's going on. And you might be. But Jesus is also saying like, hey, it's pretty easy to, it's easy to be fooled. And he gives us kind of three ways that you're, you're fooled. But here's the first one, you could be fooled by the path. Verse 13, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it, but narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. So he says like, up oh, there's just two paths, just two, not many. Not a lot, there's just two. One gate is narrow. And, and that doesn't really look so good. Man, it, look, it looks confining. It looks restrictive. Small, op, small opening. Hey, not too many people are going over there. And But there's this, there's this broad gate, and that one looks pretty good. Hey, that's spacious. Lots of people are going over there. That looks like a pretty easy way to go. But Jesus is saying, hey, this this broad gate that a lot of people are going through that looks great, that's popular, it all leads to one place. And he says, it leads to death, it leads to destruction. So think of it kind of like a funnel. You know, a funnel on one side has a very big opening so that it's easy to pour stuff into. But then as it goes down, it all leads to the same place. And Jesus is saying, hey, that's what it is with the broad way. Right it's it's big it's open. And and everybody a lot of people are going through it, but it all leads down to one place. It all leads to one place death. And then Jesus, you know, with the narrow way, it's kind of like a funnel on the opposite. Hey, it's it's pretty small. It's not a big opening. It doesn't maybe it doesn't look as good. But but what it leads to is life. Leads to freedom. And you know, so so what is the narrow gate, the narrow way or the broad way? And I think what's easy for a lot of us to do is to look at this and to be like, aha, I know it. <clears throat> the, the the narrow way and the path, that's for like all these good people, the people that are doing things right. You know, they're, they're going to church. They're not murdering people. You know, that, that's that's... That's We like those people. Those are the people that are on the narrow path. And the broad path, uh-oh, those are for those atheists and bad people. That's who's on that path. Ha-ha, got it. But here's the thing. If Jesus, if he's kind of coming to the conclusion of his sermon, and like basically it's like, hey, and now to wrap it up, there's only two ways. You would think that you would see it in the, in the previous sermon, right? Like if I got to the end of my sermon, I said, hey, in conclusion, you should accelerate slower so that you get better gas mileage. You'd be like, huh? But you didn't talk about cars the rest of the time, Ricky. What does that have to do with anything? Right? And, and the same thing is here. Because earlier in the sermon, Jesus is not comparing and contrasting good people and bad people, right? He doesn't say, oh, there's those who pray and those who don't. Oh, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, oh, there's those who give and those who don't. That's not what he says. He's like, oh, nope. There's a, Everybody's giving. Everybody's praying. But there's something different. Hey, pretty much everybody's not, not murdering, right? He's not saying, oh, there's those who murder and those who don't. Nope, he's like, no, 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 no. There's those who give And they give out of a place of what has been given to them. And then there's those who give, who do it to get something from others. Hey, there's those who pray because why? Man, our heavenly father, he's good. He loves us, man. And then there's those who pray and they pray and they think that if they pray a certain way and if they pray with their many words, then God will hear them, right? And what what he's saying is like, hey, there's those who think that they could act in a certain way to get other people to recognize them or to get God to recognize them. Other people accept me, and then if I act a certain way, if I behave a certain way, if I do all the right religious things, then God will accept me. And then he's saying, hey, and then there's those who actually are poor in spirit. You know that you can't be good enough to get God to recognize you at all. You can't be like religious enough for God to suddenly accept you. No, you're accepted by the grace of Jesus. And so he's saying, hey, everybody that's on the broad path, they're not the the, the bad people. The broad path, if you go with, with what Jesus is saying, he's like, hey, this is everybody that's not coming to me. This is everybody that's not relying on me, on what I have done for them, what I've given. The people on the broad path, they're doing the right things. They're acting good. They're in church every Sunday. Those people are on the broad path. And this is kind of the world we live in, right? I mean, think about it. It's, It's not so much what you believe, just be a good person, just be sincere. As long as you're sincere in what you believe and I'm sincere in what I believe, then it's fine. Just be a good person. We've, I mean, now there's all those shirts that are really popular. Be kind. As if just not being a meanie and a jerk is suddenly amazing, right? I mean, you, you have basically two options. You could be a jerk, you could do nothing, or you could be kind. Two of those are fine. You, know, you could just literally do nothing, and you're fine, right? And that, that's that's what the world we live in. Just do the right things. What does that lead to? I mean, Jesus even talks about it earlier in chapter seven. Well, that leads to being judgmental. Well, hey, I'm pretty good. I'm okay. My sins aren't too bad. Those people's sins, their sins are pretty bad because they're the problem. Those people are the problem. Those people on the news are the problem. Right? Those, those, those conservatives or liberals or whoever it might be, those people are the problem. And so many people are on that broad road. It seems good, right? It seems right. It's popular. It's easy. Because you know what's hard is to say, actually, you can't be good enough. Actually, you're not good. Neither am I. All right? That's not, that's not easy to say. Hey, actually, no matter how good you are, no matter how much better you think you are than somebody else, you still can't earn your way to God. Actually, you're dead in your sin. What what you need is not a better version of you. What you need is a savior. What you need is somebody to not make you better, but to make you new through through what they've done for you, not what you could do. See, because the poor in spirit, when Jesus started off this whole sermon, and blessed are the poor in spirit, would say, oh, it's not that those people are bad, it's not that those people are the problem, it's I'm the problem. Hey, it's not so much about that sin that's out there, it's the sin and darkness that's in here. And no matter how hard I try to get rid of it, no matter how hard I just try to like solve it, guess what? It's still there. I need someone to save me. Oh man, I mean, just like Paul says, what a wretched man I am. Who will save me from this body of death? And so Jesus is saying, hey, the broad road, that's everybody that's external righteousness, external good deeds. They're doing the right things. They believe in themselves. It looks right. And Jesus is saying, hey, but when you... When you're trusting in yourself, guess what? Everybody, all, all these different things that are saying, just look inward, that all leads to, to death, to despair. But narrow <coughs> is the way that leads to life. And this should remind us of what John or what Jesus says in John 14. Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? I am the way. No, notice Jesus says, even here in, in Matthew, the first step is enter the gate. Enter the broad path. Enter the gate, then comes the way. Right? The world, religion, says, if you try hard, then you get to enter in. Right? Hey, try hard, get your act together. Then if you do really good, then you get to enter. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 come to me, enter through me, then live from that. Live from what I've done for you. Not work for God's acceptance and salvation, but come to him. And so he's pointing us saying, like, hey, you could be fooled by the path because everybody's on it. It looks right. It, it sounds kind of right. But he's saying, hey, actually, you need to, to come to me in humility. Because it's, let, let's admit, when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, that's kind of hard, right? That's not easy. You think that you are usually better than what you are. I mean, even, even in, in my discussions with Christy, my wife, Usually, when we're having a disagreement, you know who I usually think is more right? Me. You know who God usually thinks is more right? Her. <laughs> right? But I, I think that I'm better. And Jesus is saying like, hey, actually, I don't want you to look inward because that's the broad path. The broad path says look inward. The narrow path says look upward. And so, he, so he's, he's encouraging you right here with this story. Hey, discern, examine what path are you really on? because you could be fooled. What path do you want? Next he says, you could be fooled by others. Not just fooled by the path, but by others. Look at verse 15. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by your fruit. So the the first encouragement is enter, here it's beware. Because Jesus knows, hey, you're listening to somebody. You're listening to the voices out there. It's not just you. The world is directing you. For the crowd here that Jesus is speaking to, the voices that they're predominantly listening to are the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And Jesus is saying, hey, beware, discern, heads up. You think that they might be telling you the right stuff, but they might not be because some of them are wolves in sheep clothing. And Paul warned the elders in Acts 20, He says, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock, the church. Even from your own number will people arise to distort the truth in order to draw people after them. So he says, hey, some people, they're gonna be telling you, not look to Jesus, but look to yourself. Hey, listen to what they're really saying. And even when we, when we hear this, we're like, oh, but by their fruit, they'll know them. Bad fruit, good fruit. And But here, here's kind of the, the problem with, with even the fruit, but even how it starts off first. He goes, they'll, they'll come to you like wolves in sheep clothing, meaning they don't look like a wolf, right? They look like a sheep. They smell like a sheep. Baz like a sheep, whatever, I don't know. Talks like a sheep, Right, right. It looks, they look right. They sound right. Hey, but by your fruit you'll know them. And even when he says the bad fruit, I think we think, oh, bad actions. It's pretty obvious, right? Like, oh, on this on this tree, it's just like lush apples, lush watermelons, and on the other tree, it's just like Brussels sprouts. I know that's not a fruit. I am aware right? But those are sick, <laughs> you know? They're gross, right? That, that's kind of what we think. But when he says bad here, the word more, is more of like, hey, it's rotten. That, that tree is diseased. So even when he's talking about the good fruit and the bad fruit, he's saying, hey, both trees have fruit that looks good, Both externally look right, but on the inside, one is diseased. It's poison because the tree is poison, because what the tree is teaching you, what the wolves are teaching you is poison. You think it looks good. It sounds good. It sounds like it leads to life, but it's looking to you rather than to Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You want life? It's through me. It's not through you. It's not through other stuff. And if somebody is not pointing you to the life in Jesus, it's poison. Saying you could be deceived. I mean, again, think of the world today. We have a lot of teachers, a lot of things. All roads lead to heaven. Doesn't really matter what road you are on. I think they all kind of lead to the same place. Very pluralistic. And all at its (coughs) core, everything else is saying pretty much Roughly the same thing, if you could kind of fix yourself up, if you could get, clean yourself up, you got it. You can do it. Be good enough. And we, we kind of think, we kind of buy a bunch of that. I mean, let's just admit it. Even when Jesus says, poor in, the spirit, poor in spirit, we think, yeah, sure. We've all made mistakes. Whoops. We, we all do some bad stuff, but we kind of think we're kind of like Darth Vader a little bit. Yeah, I did a bunch of bad stuff, but they're still good in me, right? If you don't know Star Wars, huh, come on. <laughs> Narrow is the road. Come on, guys, right? And, and that's kind of how we approach it. But Jesus says, man, poor in spirit, spiritually bankrupt. And I think that when we hear that, we're like, yeah, yeah, I need, sure, I need Jesus, but, but it's kind of like, hey, I need 100 bucks, but I got 40, and so I just need Jesus to cover the other 60. That's how we approach it. That's how the world tells you to approach it. Hey, just close the gap between the 40 and the 100. And Jesus is saying, no, you're broke. You have nothing. Actually, you have massive debt. But hey, I'm not telling you to go out there and earn it to cover yourself, to cover your debts and to get, get yourself, you know, on the right road. No, come to me. I'm the one that paid the price. I'm the one that gives you righteousness. I'm the one that gives you life in me. And even though that, that fruit, those teachers, whatever, whatever the world might be saying, man, it, I know it sounds good, but beware. Guinea's telling you, you can be fooled discern. Then the next thing, you know, he says we could be fooled by the path, we could be fooled by others, but then he says we could be fooled by ourselves. And, and this one, these, these verses, these are kind of some of the most startling ones. Look at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, to Jesus, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. Right? Jesus says, I mean, like, look here at what people, they're, they're coming to Jesus, you know, on, on that day, judgment day. Lord, Lord, Jesus is saying, man, no. I mean, even, even with the repetition here of Lord, Lord, that's emotion. You know, we, we in our writing, we just put exclamation points and emojis and stuff, right? They didn't have that. They're just like, oh, just repeat it. That shows a lot of emotion. So, so they have emotion. They're acknowledging Jesus, it's not like they're coming to Jesus and be like, we don't believe in you. You know, like, no, they're like, they're, there's acknowledgement, Lord, Lord. They probably mentally agree. Yeah, Jesus was a real guy. He was a teacher. Maybe they even think, yeah, I bet he died on the cross. But, but they don't really see Jesus saying, hey, you're not doing the will of my father. You're not really actually coming to me as a savior in absolute need of my grace and salvation. I mean, so when we, even when we think, hey, the will of the father, John 6, uh, 28 and 29, then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. To believe. And so, so when these people are coming to Jesus, they're like, Lord, Lord. Right, there, there's mental agreement, there's mental kind of assent to like, yeah, Jesus. But here's the thing, that's all it is. Sure, Jesus, you're a cool hobby. Sure, Jesus, this is probably what I should do. Sure, Jesus, hey, I I grew up Lutheran, I grew up Catholic, I grew up that. Hey, my parents went to church, hey, I did this. And Jesus is saying, I don't know who you are. I'm not a religion that you come to, I'm a person that you trust. Right, I didn't come to give you rules, I came to give you myself. This is the work that he he requires to believe. And this is like what what Jesus, actually even what what Matthew says later in chapter 15 when he quotes Isaiah, he says, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from, from, from me. And so Jesus is encouraging you to say, hey, are you fooling yourself in that you're just giving God lip service? Yeah, Jesus, sure. Yeah. Cool. Man, is it is it just this mental agreement? There's a lot of people that that don't want to go to hell. But that's not it. Right? That it's not just like not wanting bad things to happen to you or not having a bad eternity, it's like, "No, Jesus, I can't save myself and I need you completely." And I think for us today to kind of contextualize it, it might be, hey, there's a lot of people that will kind of say, hey, Lord, Lord, but I grew up in church. Hey, Lord, Lord, but I prayed a prayer. And Jesus is saying like, man, but you didn't, you didn't actually trust me. There's actually no, nothing actually different in your life because you're just giving it lip service. You can fool yourself. And then there's this second group, verse 22. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name and do miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Now, when Jesus ends in verse 21, he says, only those who deal the will of the, my Father, and then you got this group of people coming, I would say that what they're doing is the will of the Father. You know, if somebody came to me and was like, hey, what'd you do this week? Ricky, I don't know. And I watched the Huskers lose again. What'd you do? Um, sorry, you know, but they did. Um, you know, oh, hey, what'd you do? Oh, well, I cast out demons in Jesus' name. I think I would be like, that sounds like a will of the Father thing. <laughs> High five. Good for you. You know, hey, we 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 prophesied in your name. I think I'd be like, that sounds like God's kind of like good one. Right? But but again, Jesus is not saying, hey, are you just doing the right things? You know, I mean, Matthew 20, 23, 27, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, right? You look beautiful on the outside. But on the inside, you're full of bones of the dead and every un, every, and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. But on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and lawbreakers, lawlessness. And so what are these people coming to Jesus with? Didn't I do the right things, Jesus? They're coming to Jesus. Hey, the outside looks good, right? Jesus, I'm, I'm doing the things. Hey, those people are just giving you lip service, but, but I'm, do, I'm, I'm hitting all the religious check marks. I'm giving to the poor. I'm praying. But this is really startling when Jesus just says, but I never knew you. Not that I once knew you and you fell away. Hey, but not you never went to church and now you are. When he says, man, I never knew you, that would also imply you never really knew me. Because you weren't trusting in me, you were trusting in your religion. Hey, you weren't trusting in me, you came to me with your good works. God, didn't I, wasn't I a good person? man, that's actually, I didn't come to give you a moral stuff. You never knew me, I never knew you. This, I mean, even that word there, knew, that's, that's a pretty weighty word. I mean, it's, it's like intimacy. It's like even back in Genesis when Adam knew his wife Eve. Man, you know me. This is relationship with Jesus not just some religion, not hitting kind of the check marks. Man, you, you came to me, you trust me in this relationship of what, not what you have done to make yourself acceptable, but actually you can do nothing. I've done it for you. And i mean, gonna notice in this is how confident both, both people are when they come to Jesus. Both are very confident. They're expecting this to be a really good response from Christ. And 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 hey, I just want to let you know like I don't want if, if you really have trusted in Jesus, I don't want to scare you. I don't want to cause any doubt in your mind that you are secure, covered by the blood of Christ. But at the same time, that I don't want to create doubt, at the same time, I don't want you to think that you really know Christ when you really don't. Because Jesus is encouraging you here to discern who Jesus really is in your life. Are you really listening to the right people? Are you really on the narrow road? Are are you really coming to God, to Christ with your good works? Because one of the biggest, I would say one of the biggest mission fields here in the world today are people sitting in the pews. Because what Jesus is saying, hey, there's gonna be a lot. He says, a lot will come to me on that day and be like, but I was in church, right? A lot of people are going to be fooling themselves to think that they really know Christ when they don't. And again, I don't wanna scare you, but I just say like, man, Jesus is telling you to discern. Do you really know Christ? Do you, have you really trusted in him for everything? Not, not, not Jesus, kind of slap some Jesus in your life. Not, hey, it's my good works and Jesus. No, it's just Jesus. You bring nothing to the table. You can't earn any part of it. People, th- this group of people are pointing to their religion. They're pointing to their Christianity rather than to Christ of what makes them okay with him. And so is he really your Lord and savior? Is it him alone? Because Jesus, he's, he's urging you to discern this. And then, then he moves us kind of from, hey, to discern, he's moving you to decide, to choose. And you know, it's been two, two ways, two paths, two trees, um, two, two kind of false complaints. And then he moves us to two foundations. Um, great crash, and so kind of picture it in your mind. There's these two houses, right? They look awesome. There's some new construction. Hey, they both have awesome windows. They both have uh, updated appliances. None of that weird old wallpaper. You know, if you're like, "Hey, I got that awesome. We love it, <laughs> right?" But but I mean, they're slick. They both look great. Three stall garage. Man, yeah, you're rolling. <laughs> But he's like, hey, both houses look great. They look pretty much the same. But one of these is built on the rock, and one of these is built on the sand. And because of that, when the storms come, one of these is going to crash, and one of these is going to be able to stand. And so, sure, there's there's Jesus continuing for you to discern, hey, what is your house built on? What's What's your foundation? Now, just think, what's one of the buildings in the world that had, that we kind of see this play out that has one of the weakest foundations, right? You got the, that picture there, Mark? Right? The Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's in Italy. I've never been there, but it sounds cool, right? And so so the, in case you're not sure which one is the Leaning Tower of Pisa, <laughs> it's the one on that side, um, right? It's this famous building, and it's famous actually because... It's messed up because they built, uh, because of a mistake. The, they, the builders built it on this sandy kind of shell, clay foundation, and even before they finished building it, they actually already started to see, hey, this thing's not going to last. This thing's already, it didn't even take the storm. It's already leaning over, and it actually would have fallen a long, long time ago if they hadn't done some things to kind of fix it, to prop it up, and to, to correct it some. Uh, it, would, it would have already fell. And Jesus is saying like, hey, yes, again, there's this continued for you to discern in your life. Hey, what is your life, your salvation, your identity? What's the foundation there? But he's he's actually encouraging you a little bit more because it's not quite as much of a focus on just the foundation, but on the builders. Look at verse 24. Hey, therefore, hey, in light of everything that I've said, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like a wise man, right? It's about the wise builder and the foolish builder. Everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them is like a foolish, <coughs> foolish one who built his house on the sand. See, both builders hear the words of Jesus. They're both listening to everything that Jesus is saying, but only one of them actually acts on Jesus' words, and one doesn't. See, it's not those who hear Jesus and those who don't. Everybody's hearing. So then you you know, how do you know what foundation you're building on? And Jesus is saying, Hey, you'll know because a storm will, will come. Sooner or later, a storm will come, and that'll help you know, man, was my house really built on Christ? Maybe for you, I mean, like, think about it in your life. What is it that you can't absolutely possibly imagine losing? Or think of this, what is it that you worry about, pray about the most? I mean, the thought of losing it, you almost can't stand it. Maybe it's how well you do in school. Maybe it's how well you do at your business. Man, you want to make sure that you're very, very successful or that you have enough money and that your life is comfortable. You want to feel very secure. Maybe it's the way that you look. Maybe it's a relationship or the hope of a relationship. Maybe it's just what others think about you. I mean, and let's get real. It's easy to be like, oh, no, it's not. None of my life isn't built on any of that stuff. I mean, if you're a parent and your kid starts misbehaving, mine never do. Are you, do you find yourself getting really angry just because they misbehaved or because you're embarrassed? That shows you something of the foundation of your life. You want other people to think that you're something. You want other people to think that you're a great parent. Or about, hey, let's think about it. We, we we all sin, we all mess up. But the thought of confessing your sin to someone else, does that absolute, like a good trusted person, maybe somebody in your city group, a huddle, whatever it might be, does that absolutely freak you out because you're just only thinking, what will they think of me? Rather than, man, Jesus said, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Man, I'm just gonna confess this so that that Jesus could shed light in, and into my life. Or even confessing your sin to God. Let's say that you do something bad. Let's say, or, or you do something that you know that you should have done, but you don't. And you feel it, do you run to God? Or do you like, nope, can't go to God. That probably shows you that you think that you can go to God with your good works rather than his grace. Right, that's what it's revealing to you. And Jesus is saying, hey, your life, your identity, your salvation, it will be based on something. It could be based on something shallow, like money or your good works, like, like that's like the sand. Or your identity, it could be your life, your salvation could be built on the rock in Christ and what, what he thinks of you, what he's done for you. And so he's, he's, he's urging you to not just discern, but he's saying, hey, decide, Choose. What's it gonna be? You will take a road. You will have a foundation. What are you gonna choose? What will it be? Later on in Matthew chapter 19, there's a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know the law, right? Love your neighbor, love God. And the guy says, yep, done all those things. Jesus, knowing his heart, says, well, there's still one thing you lack. Why don't you sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. The guy goes away, grieved and sad, because he had a lot of possessions. And what the guy was thinking is like, but if I sell everything that I have, then I have nothing. Because there is nothing else. And Jesus is saying, actually, if you give that all away, you would have everything. Because it's not found in your possessions. It's not found in what other people think. It's not found in how good you are. It's found in me, the way, the truth, and the life. Come to me. What are you going to choose? And even, you know, if you, if you have trusted in Christ, you know, and you're following him, hey, when bad things happen, when storms happen, it's not that you're like, this was awesome. Right, you're still like, hey, this is hard. This, this, this makes me sad. This is frustrating. But it also, it doesn't define you because it's not what your life is based on. It's not your, what your identity and your hope is based on. Jesus is saying, hey, choose. Choose me, choose the narrow way. Yes, you sin. Yes, you are dead in your sin. You're actually more wicked than you could ever think, but you're also more loved than you could possibly imagine. Just contrasting with with the, the rich ruler that comes to Christ in Matthew 18, just in the next chapter, there's a leper diseased all over his body, skins just rotting away, and he's in absolute need, and he comes to Jesus, and he doesn't say to Jesus, Jesus, I've done some really good things. Jesus, I've gone to church. Jesus, I hit my quiet time today. Jesus, hey, I didn't do, you know, I didn't commit adultery, I didn't kill anybody. He doesn't say any of that. He just says, Jesus, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. And then Jesus doesn't say, hey, let's see if you deserve it. Hey, are are you, have you done all the right things? No, Jesus doesn't say any of that. He just says, I am willing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And so what what are you banking your eternity on? Your identity, your salvation? Is it yourself? Is it just that you grew up in church? Is it that you're just baptized? Do you pray to prayer? Or is it Christ? And if you really haven't trusted in Christ, I would just say, hey, get off the broad road. You think it might be leading you somewhere, but it's not. It's leading you to death and destruction because the only place that you can find it is not in yourself, but in Christ. Through his life, death, and resurrection. Trust in Jesus. And Jesus is saying, yeah, choose. Because here's here's the thing. Like he says in verse uh, 21 and 22, we're all gonna meet Jesus one day. Every single one of us will meet Jesus one day. And you'll either meet Jesus on your own merit, your own works, or you're gonna meet Jesus just recognizing that he paid it all for you. And I know like the, the, these are some heavy verses and it might sound harsh that, that Jesus is saying, hey, there's me and that leads to salvation, to heaven, to life or everything else that leads to death, to hell. And I know that that might sound harsh, but Jesus is sharing this truth with us, with you because he loves you so much because he wants you to know the truth. And here's the good news. If it wasn't for Jesus coming, dying, paying the price for our sin and raising again, there would be no way. I know it might sound harsh that there's only one way, but without Jesus, there is no way, no hope. And Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and this is eternal life that you know me, Jesus, and that you know the Father who sent me because in me, there's life. Let's pray, Heavenly Father God, um, Lord, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that that um, that any of us here today would just not be fooled into thinking that that we really know You when we don't, that we that we've really trusted in You when we really haven't. Lord, help us. Um, yeah, nobody to be fooled, but just to know, Lord, that that we are trusting in you, in what, not what we have done, but Jesus, what you have done for us, that you paid the price for our sin and you rose again. And we're just poor in spirit, totally bankrupt in need of you. And so, Lord, I pray that you give us that clarity. And Lord, if there's anybody here today that hasn't trusted in Christ, that hasn't looked to you as our Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that you just help them to do that right now, to give their life to you. Lord, if you know if, help us to just discern, Lord, and decide where are we going to go from here? Are we going to place our lives on you, the rock, the foundation of our lives? So we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um,